Welcome to the Pinion Combination Podcast. I'm KJ Pilcher alongside Dick Briggs, ready to talk a little college and high school wrestling. Well, let's uh, let's transition to the prep side of things here. Uh, this weekend, um, we had the very first uh, full weekend of competition. Um, such a such an awesome uh, slate of events. You had the, the Dan Gable Donnybrook at Extreme Arena in uh, Coralville. Uh, you had the Cliff Keen Independence Invitational um, at Indy. Uh, you know, you had the Bob Murphy Classic uh, at uh, West Delaware, and then uh, a tournament that uh, we both have. Uh, quite the affection for uh, uh, Keith Young invite um, in uh, uh, Cedar Falls, uh, Wapsie Valley um, had the the Chris Davis Invitational. Um, you know the former coach uh, and I believe AD there that that's named after. Um, you know, so a lot of action this first weekend. Um, Let's start. Let's start with the the Donnybrook, obviously, um, on the the boy side of things. We mentioned it last week. There are a lot of teams from all over, uh, from Iowa and, and six bordering states that uh, were in this field, and um, some nationally ranked teams and individuals. Um, that that come in uh a real notable team came away with a team title in uh mount carmel uh from uh, chicago they scored over 400 points um they edge liberty i think that's from uh, missouri the highest iowa finisher uh interestingly of bendorf um i don't think bendorf had a had a champion but uh, they uh, they ended up finishing third with 336 points overall. Uh, some other Iowa teams, uh, Fort Dodge had three champs and they were sixth overall. Uh, Bondurant Farrar finished eighth. Waverly Shell Rock uh, tied uh, for ninth. Waukee Northwest was eleventh. Uh, Don Bosco twelfth. Limar thirteenth. Uh, Ankeny fourteenth. And that pretty much does it for the top 20 um, with Iowa teams there. Uh, what were some, what were some, uh, uh, or who were some individuals that really stood out to you? Um, well, uh, well, first comment is I wish that Donnie Brook, when they started this three years ago, would have, would have uh, started it this, this week right now, not the first week, but the second week. Because we, you just mentioned a bunch of high-power tournaments, and there's really not that many high-power tournaments other than the one the Council Bluffs there on the other side of the state. Uh, this right. high-power tournaments, at least of that magnitude, uh, this weekend, and then of course next weekend is the Battle of Waterloo, so it would have fit really perfect right into there. But I, uh, I always thought the same thing. Uh, Bendorf, I think, did have one champ. When I thought 165 pounder Lincoln Jip, maybe. Oh, uh, and then they. Had I, the, my bad, I overlooked that. I believe it I mean, was, and then uh, they had a runner-up at 132 and Jason Luna. They had uh, two thirds 
um, Drew Ayala from Fort Dodge and, and Rashawn Ross. And you said a third one. I, I missed the third one. So uh, I know those two were chance for sure. And that Ross, man, I'm, I'm so anxious to see him wrestle. Oh, geez. What a, I mean, he was a specimen last year when he won state as a freshman. Uh, uh, Boz Diaz, it was a runner up for Waverly Shell Rock. I, I mentioned him because he was their highest finisher, but also Kyle got to work with him a little bit in that family and really liked that family when he was, when he was up there in Waverly. Uh, Colfax Christensen took second, got beat by a, an out-of-state wrestler. So that's a, a bit of a surprise to me, but he's, you know, that out-of-state wrestler must have been all right. Uh, Hayden Schwab, we mentioned that name last week. Uh, Don Bosco, 106-pounder, he was a champ and uh, mm -hmm. kind, of, kind of walked his way through it, it appeared, by the scores there. Uh, Lynn Murray mentioned. Kane Nakamura, champion, you bet. Grant Schultz was, was third, uh, and he lost his first match and then and then wrestled on the backside and won. What, the thing about this tournament is if you lose in the first round, you never get – the front side people never come to the backside because otherwise it would just be too many. Oh, okay, yeah. So so, um, uh, so that was kind of tough on for Grant there, but he did a nice job to win five on that backside. Um, I, I didn't quite understand it. It looked to me like – at Ankeny, they had two wrestlers at 106, and they were both scoring. So I don't know how that scoring was. You know, usually it says you can look at them and say this wrestler is scoring and this wrestler is not. And uh, right. this they had both of them scoring, and which was pretty significant because I think they played both placed. So anyway, I don't know how, how that would work. But so that's oh, oh one other note with the uh, wrestlers at at uh, this one was kind of interesting. I, I hope he's all right, but but uh, for Bettendorf, Jake Knight had to medically forfeit out of the tournament. So we'll see if he's all right, because he wrestles this weekend. They're at uh, that tough tournament over at Johnston, I believe, if I remember right. So we'll well, yeah, knock on wood, hopefully uh, uh, he's okay. Um, and I, I can't remember what you mentioned with Fort Dodge. Uh, there are three champs, uh, Drew Ayala at, uh, at 120, um, Coy Davidson, uh, wow. 138. That's uh, he beat Kale Kurtz, um, oh, yeah. of Iowa City High in the finals. So, um, uh, an all Iowa final there. And then you mentioned Ross at, at 215, who's, um, uh, boy, I tell you what, he's gonna be, uh, already, he already is, uh, really, uh, impressive and special. But I tell you what, he's, uh, uh, he's big things, uh, and, and a lot of dominance, I think, uh, ahead for, for him, obviously. So one other note on the Donnybrook, there's mm -hmm. 37 teams there, 13 were from Iowa. So it's not a huge pack wow. of Iowa teams, but it's 13 really quality teams that usually want to go into the Donnybrook. So. Um, right. Uh, and did you happen to see? Uh, I believe Earl Smith from Intermat had the photo of Doug Schwab watching the finals of the Donnybrook on his phone in Vegas, um, watching Hayden compete. I think it was shortly after they were done, or, or at least during a break uh, of UNI's uh, competition, but. It was kind of cool to watch Doug Schwab um, watching Hayden compete on his phone. Um, 
and him winning it all there. Um, yeah, I did. I did not see that, and uh, he's going to have to be doing a lot of that. Not only <laughs> the next four years with Hayden, but with his uh, younger son. It's uh, um, I don't remember his name, but he's a year or two younger than Hayden. So is it Hendricks? Hendricks, Hendricks. There you go. Yep, Hendricks. Yep. So, Which one of them do they is nicknamed Bob? I don't you know. know? Oh, I'll have to check. Bob Schwab. I always <laughs> thought that was always funny. But, um, yeah, so, hey, go figure. Uh, Schwab is a freshman coming in and having success. I think we've seen that uh, before in their family, right? Oh, yeah, four-timer. The Duke. In Mark. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, so that uh, the tournament was big. You know, on the girls' side uh, of things, you know, there were some pretty pretty notable uh, uh, wins. You know, Decora had uh, a very good showing as well. They had a couple champions, Naomi Simon, um, who is either signed or committed to wrestle for Clarissa Chun at the University of Iowa. So, uh, you know, uh, kind of a maybe a glimpse of the future there. Uh, Naomi Simon coming away with an uh, uh, individual title. Um, and then uh, Cameron Steinus um, for uh, for Decora, I think, at 190, um, came away with a championship as well. Um, Decora, I believe, won the team title. Yes, they did. They had 408 points to 111, I think, for Waverly Shell Rock. Was second. Bentonorf was third. Ankeny fourth. Uh, Decora also had two runners up and a third. So they had a great. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And along the same lines as Naomi Simon, uh, Kira Jamesi. Uh, Won a title uh, down there. She's going to be a, a Hawkeye and wrestle for Coach Chun. So um, those were two big things. And then uh, Linmar. Linmar had a champ. Uh, you know, we mentioned Kane Nakaborn winning a title on the boys' side. Allie Jelinek uh, with a with a title, um, I believe, at uh, uh, maybe one, 120 pounds. Um for the Lions on the girls' side. So, uh, Lindmar took both of their teams uh, down there and and each came away uh, uh, with a with a championship. Uh, yeah, uh, Jelinek uh, topped up Bree Swenson of Vinton Shellsburg, which uh, finished in the top 10 um, as well. But uh, Jelinek with a fall in the finals to, to capture that title. Um, and, and one other thing of note, too, is and I don't know the specifics behind this year, whether Sydney Keogh had enough for a full-fledged girls team um, or whether uh, Rena Utterbach uh, just decided to, to compete on the girls' side last year um, in the first year of the uh, sanctioned season. Sydney Kyoto did not have a girls' wrestling option, so – she had the choice of wrestling uh, either on the boy side or uh, the girl side. And she chose to uh, wrestle on the boy side, placed eighth in class 1A 
um, and was a state medalist, and now this year uh, wrestling in girls' competition, and she pinned her way through the Donnybrook uh, uh, tournament. She went 5-0. and um, Her longest match was 441 against Ellie Wheats of uh, Vinton Shellsburg in the semis, and she had a 53-second fall over uh, Taylor Strife of uh, Bettendorf in the championship bout. So Rena Utterbach uh, competing on, in uh, in girls wrestling this season and uh, dominant coming away with a title there at the Donnybrook. Yep, and a couple other notes on the girls' side. Uh, Prairie, uh, Kinsey Childers, Childers was uh, finished second uh, for Prairie. And then uh, I got to do a shout-out for, for uh, Dubuque Waller, one of my former wrestlers, Lucas Sedlicek. Luke, uh, Luke is the uh, the coach there, the girls' coach, and he had a champ and mm -hmm. Eve Schrocky at 145, and then uh, and then a runner-up. So he had two finalists. So you know, awesome. for, for he and his and his girls there. And then uh, um, I guess one name that that stood out, Raccoon River Valley, was uh, Katie Biscaglia. So we know the Biscaglia name. So uh, anyway, there's very a much so. Yeah, she is. She is one tough customer. Um, oh, yeah, and then Mount Vernon had some. Let's see, uh, uh, uh Kirsten Swart was second runner up, and Libby Dix was third at, at 190 for Mount Vernon. Yeah, and uh, for, for us this coming up uh week, we'll get a chance to see um Mount Vernon in action. Uh, boys, girls, doubleheader with uh Clear Creek Amana on Thursday. So anxious to see some of these uh athletes uh uh in person we'll move on to uh one of the other big tournaments i was at independence on uh saturday for their two-day uh event there um i love uh love this tournament um you know it's uh it's really turned into a full weekend for uh for that community um, and, and really kind of celebrating uh, wrestlers. I'm, I'm actually going to grab my notes here really quick um, so, because Matt, Matt Shannon, well, I'll go over the results here first, but Matt Shannon gave me some numbers on just the, the overall, they have like a junior high uh, meet on Thursday. Then of course they have the, uh, the varsity two-day event Friday, Saturday, and then Sunday they have like a beginner's tournament. So from Thursday through Sunday, that gym is packed with wrestling um, over the entire course. So uh, I want to – He Matt Shannon gave me some numbers on what they actually do and how many wrestlers and matches that they go through um, – that I think is pretty pretty amazing. But first, uh, I'll just mention some of the results here. Uh, Albernet came away with the team title. You know they looked really impressive. Uh, they scored three hundred and twenty points. Uh, Carlisle was second at two eighty two. Uh, Fenmore, Wisconsin, was third at two seventy seven and a half. And then Union Community, uh, they came in fourth two. 256. Uh, they had a couple champions. Um, 
you know, New Hampton, uh, Turkey Valley rounded out the top five at uh, uh, 231. The back half, uh, six through 10, Independence, Osage, Clear Creek, Amanda, Burlington, Notre Dame, and then Harrisburg, South Dakota. Uh, but Alburnett, they had four uh, wrestlers in the finals. Looked really, really good from pretty much from top to bottom. And I think they might have been missing a few guys, might have been missing somebody at 113 and 120 um, as well. So not even a full lineup for Alburnett. Uh, and that tells you that uh, the rest of the guys wrestled really well. Uh, their champion uh, came from Preston Klosterman uh, at 144. He avenged a, a loss uh, to Riker Jones just uh, last Tuesday um, in the season opening duel. Uh, but he looked dominant all the way throughout, uh, except for maybe the semis. Um, the semis, he really had a gut check where he gave up uh, – a takedown in the final like ten seconds, um, to uh, to go down to, and then he got a reversal uh, before time expired to send it in the overtime, and then uh, he put his opponent on his back uh, for uh, a takedown and near fall uh, to win that one to get to the finals, and then he built a nine-two lead against Jones before getting a fall in uh, like 509. Um, so he looked really good. Uh, Atlee DeWitt was a runner-up at 106. Rowdy Neighbor um, was runner-up at 126. And then uh, Dawson Becker, who was a 10th seed and made the finals um, at 150. Uh, so they, they had three runners-up to go along with Klosterman's uh, championship. So that looked really uh, – the Pirates looked really good. Um, Sea Rapids Prairie had a champ in uh, uh, Dylan Munson, top ranked 106 pounder. He's coming off a seventh place finish at state last year. Uh, he beat uh, uh, Atlee DeWitt from Albernet in the finals. This time it was uh, they met last Tuesday as well. Uh, two point decision each time, uh, in favor of Munson. This time, however, uh, he uh, he had a score in the final seconds. So he was up, uh, he was up by two in on a shot. He said he was trying to kind of shelve the leg on his hip when he kind of loosened his grip. And that's when uh, DeWitt kicked out, spun around and uh, got to take down to tie things at five apiece with probably about five, five or six seconds left. And then, Munson just kept wrestling, and that was really uh, uh, impressive how many times he kind of gets stunned and time runs out. But he just continued to wrestle and got a takedown as time expired to win 7-5 for a title there um, at 106. And then Union, we mentioned, uh, you know, they had a couple champs. Jace Hedeman, the undefeated two-time state champ, uh, he rolled to the – title at 126 and then Caleb Olson um won at uh at 150 as well. Brayden Bonesack made the finals uh at 113 for Union. Uh however uh, Denver's Gavin Landers uh came away with I believe a 2-0 victory um there in the finals at 113. Uh here's one of the things that I like about tournaments. 
or, or one thing I always kind of keep an eye on is where is the, you know, is there parity or are the finals dominated by one team? Only three teams had multiple champs at uh, at this tournament. Uh, Union had two champions. Uh, I believe Fenimore, um, Wisconsin had two champions, and Osage had two champions. Um, outside of that, everybody else had one. So, uh, you know, you're looking at what is that? Uh, eight or nine different teams with with champs in in a field. I think that's uh, I, I think that says a lot about the balance and the depth of the tournament that you have that many teams uh, with an individual champion. And I thought that uh, that was obviously something uh, uh, that was a part of this uh, Cliff King tournament. Showed a lot about the the competition and the the depth of the field. Right. Uh, the uh, well, if you had three teams with multiple champs, two champs, that'd be eleven teams they had. Okay. So, See, yeah. my I was trying to do the math in my head, and I just wasn't just wasn't clicking. So, thank you for. For doing that, no. <laughs> I'll mention also that uh, um, that uh, Tate and Kufal finished third at for Albernet as well mm -hmm. at one thirty two. So they had you know they had one two they had five in the top three. So that's that's not bad. Now one comment about Osage. I don't know if you noticed this, but Kittleson and Gas were out of the lineup. They're two number one. Yeah. So, so uh, that made a huge difference. And yeah, they, they were not at full strength either. As as it was, they had. Two champs and a runner-up, and and uh, so throw those two in. I don't know that it would have been made up the difference, but it it uh, it's that's why you're seeing Osage down at seven and yeah. not certainly up higher when you're missing those two. Now I I think I heard that one of those two might be might be out for the season even. So I don't know. Um, Let's hope not. Yeah, it's hope not, and I'm not going to start any rumors. So um, uh, I'm I'm anxious to see. Uh, I was Gavin Landers from Denver, the freshman there. That uh, uh, I was anxious to see how he does, and and I, but um, I'm, I'm wondering if Prairie Albernet and, and Clear Creek Command have seen each other enough this this year. That <laughs> I was at that duel at Prairie with CCA and uh, Albernet, and uh, and uh, in this in the Clear Creek Command Albernet duel, it seemed like if I remember right, Albernet was ahead in a couple of matches and got pinned or something like that. So. Uh, that's you know credit to uh, uh, CCA. We'll get to see them on Thursday, like we right. said. Thanks to see them again. They're obviously a good team and battle hard. So, big nice tournament. What are your numbers? Did you ever able to grab them? So Matt Shannon said so. They had the uh, junior high um, event on Thursday. Uh, they had over three hundred matches. Um, on, on Thursday alone, uh, he said approximately over the entire stretch, um, those tournaments had 2,000 matches overall wow. um, in that stretch. Uh, he said that would include over 1,000 wrestlers. And I have a, I have a number of 1,500, Mark, but I can't remember 
what that was in uh, in reference to. But you're you're talking about thousands of matches and thousands of competitors over the four day at various levels. You know, right. you've got a junior high event, you've got a varsity event, and then you've got you know a youth and beginners event. Um, and that says a lot about the dedication and devotion to the sport and the effort that, you know, you talk about wrestling communities, right? And you you highlighted a, a couple of them, you know, and, and you've been a part of a, a huge wrestling community, too, at Jefferson over the years where, you know, you had parents and groups that, you know, stuck around and, and volunteered even when their kids were out of the program. And then, you know, then their kids were part of the volunteers, um, you know, as well. And it's just something that kind of uh, sustains itself. Um, and that uh, that says a lot about how much uh, that community loves the sport of wrestling and, and, and willing to volunteer and, and put in the time to, to do stuff like that. And kudos to the indie group. How many mats did they have for the uh, for the uh, Cliff Keen? Did they have six in the in the gym, and then two in the auditorium. Two in the Jim and Judy Blinn auditorium. <laughs> okay, two or one, two. one or two in the auditorium. Two, usually, and then, and then six, uh, six on the floor itself. Right. So eight yeah. mats, and then of course with the youth tournament, they can divide those up and have even more. Uh, right. Usually they have, let's see, eight, nine, ten. I think they have 13 mats going because they divide them up kind of by wow. with, with the youth tournament. Uh, and that's just in the gym. They, uh, I don't, they, they don't usually use the auditorium for that. So. Um, I mentioned, uh, you know, the Keith Young was Saturday as well. Um, we got to see Dubuque Hempstead come away with a big win over Linmar, uh, winning on criteria, uh, 37 36 on Thursday. Two, late, two days later, they go up to uh, Cedar Falls uh, for that traditional tournament, and uh, Dubuque Hempstead comes away with a title. Um, so, a, a great start for Brett Haas as their new head coach, taking over for. Uh, Longtime Mustangs coach and his dad, Chuck Haas, is still hanging around as an assistant. Um, but they scored 184 and a half points, uh, beat Ankeny Centennial, who uh, came in at 177. And then uh, Norwalk was third, uh, 166, followed by North Scott, 12 points back of that. And then West Des Moines Valley was third. Cedar Rapids Kennedy finished sixth. Uh, overall, but uh, um, right now, uh, boy, you got to be impressed with uh, what we what we've seen out of Hempstead here um, that first week. Well, and and throw in the fact that they're missing one of their better better wrestlers in uh, Mitchell Pins. So right, uh, he won't uh, be back till right around Christmas. Right, you know, I was I was talking with Chuck Haas before the meet and. Uh, in one of his comments, we were doing you know name checks and different things, and he goes, "Are you going to be surprised when we beat him tonight?" And I went, 
<laughs> fourth ranked team and you know Hempstead was was low by golly they they did it it was one of the more fun to, meets to us that we've seen in a long time and got to call it you know that was that was very exciting and fun but uh right. calling the shot that's uh yeah. that's pretty cool so that I mean, I'm going I, I did say it. yeah I'll be surprised <laughs> by golly <laughs> So only because, you know, uh, I didn't know much about, either, you know, about Hempstead's team. They graduated a few, uh, including their sta uh, state runner-up at Lewis at, uh, at uh, 215 or 220 last year. And uh, anyway, um, so they had uh, champ in uh, Evan uh, Broughton at 126, Mitch, uh, Mitch Murphy at 32. They had two seconds and three thirds. So they had a really great showing, uh, Hempstead did. Um, other names of note, Kennedy, Nick Bloxham, uh, who's the, the son of one of my former wrestlers, was second at oh. one two. Uh, and here's a name we're very familiar with. Uh, Colin Falk at 165 was third. And Cale Smithard, another son of one of my wrestlers, and uh, his mom was a Jayhawk as well, uh, at 150 was fifth. So uh, Kennedy had a nice showing there. Uh, local... Uh, other local interests, um, Aiden Tim was third for uh, Bell Plain at 138, and Argo was fifth at 157. And then uh, Jefferson had two fourths, and Colin Woods at 215, and Anthony uh, uh, Snodley at, uh, was fourth at two, 285. So. so good showings up there at, uh, at the Keith Young um, for those. Uh, you know, just kind of backtracking to that Hempstead Limar duel, you know, uh, you know that such an uh, emotional roller coaster where, you know, Hempstead got out to a big early lead. Limar battles back and takes the lead. Hempstead takes a six point lead going into the last match, and you know, Limar desperately needs a pin just to force criteria. Um, and they get it from Griffin Schultz, uh, you know, pin Tate Woodruff, two ranked wrestlers going at it. And, you know, that, that tied it at 36-36. And then it's criteria went all the way down to criteria I, which uh, most match points. Hempstead had a 49-45 advantage there. But uh, just such a fun duel. And you mentioned the, the eruption from Linmar on that final pin and trying to figure out, what criteria is being applied and we think Linmar wins it. And then you realize, wait, that, that wasn't the criteria. We've got to go further. And it goes all the way down to the ninth criteria. And then we find out a winner and it ends up being the other team. And uh, just, just a lot of drama and excitement throughout that whole duel uh, bonus points came into uh, play, obviously a lot of pins. Um, and, and some that went uh, uh, Hempstead's favor to, to get that big win. But what a heck of a way to start uh, our dual coverage um, with, with that one. That was a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, we we're, we didn't know what it was. And I grabbed one of the Lindmar wrestlers, and they were all excited and jumping because, you know, they thought they had won it. And I go, I know I said, he said, yeah, Lindmar won it. And so we kind of went with that. And then, and I'm looking over, and uh, and I see uh, uh, um, uh, the, the referee neighbor that was uh, checking checking the score. Uh, the, the, he must have went in and got his book, or got his book, and was was 
checking down the criteria and I'm going, this isn't over yet. There, so, <laughs> I don't know if you remember, I interrupted your interview and said, yep. hey, we're up for math score. And, uh, and you, you had did a great job and had, could give us a kind of an indication of who that gave me an indication anyway, that this thing's going to get reversed. <laughs> right. So we made the, 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 the uh, public address announcer made the, made the announcement. And then of course, Hempstead went, crowd went crazy. So they were all. Yeah. I, I remember one of the coaches coming over and said, Hey, what did, cause I keep stats um, throughout the, the duel and asked me what I had for, for match points. And um I still think maybe there's an escape there that was missed for Hempstead in one of the matches, but I was like, I have 50, 45. And uh, then they went back and checked and uh, they said they had 49, 45. And that was the determining factor. And it was just, yeah, it was just a wild uh, uh, event from start to finish and, and so much fun. So much, so much fun there. Of course, I uh, mentioned we'll be at uh, Mount Vernon. Uh, at Clear Creek Amana, Mount Vernon um, heads to Clear Creek Amana on Thursday. We'll get it. We'll get a chance to see the boys and girls duels between those two schools. Uh, what other tournament? Uh, just want to mention here really quick the uh, the Bob Murphy uh, Invitational, um, longstanding uh, tournament uh, hosted by West Delaware. Uh, Indianola comes away with a team title there. Uh, they scored two hundred and fifty four and a half or. 254 points. Uh, the Iowa Grant uh, Highland team out of Wisconsin uh, was second um, with 207. West Delaware was third at 197. Anamosa fourth, 139.5. And then Benton finishes out in the top five uh, with 129.5 points. You know, this was another uh, uh, pretty big tournament. 15 schools. Uh, there um as well uh one one thing i i kind of want to uh point out about the results um you know they do have multiple uh you can have multiple entrants in a weight class to fill out the bracket um if a team has the ability or, or even wants to do that and it gave us a pretty interesting result at heavyweight um where Makokata valley uh, it was an all Makokta Valley heavyweight final between Aiden Salau um, and Brady Davis, the two teammates, uh, both seniors, uh, pinned their way to the finals. And then Salau ended up with a 6-2 uh, win for the championship. That was one where it was scoreless through two. Uh, Salau escaped. Davis got a takedown, but then Salau got a reversal and near fall. Um in the final 104 to, to win 6-2. And the reason why I mentioned that, uh, as well as it just being the teammates, uh, Davis uh, was seventh uh, at 215 last year at State. Uh, Selah was seventh at heavyweight. Uh, Davis went out for football for the first time this fall and bulked up. And uh, his descent plan kept him from getting – he'll be at 215 this week, but he was still – uh, stuck at heavyweight um, Saturday. So luckily because uh, they're able to add a second wrestler, uh, both of them were able to compete. And and uh, like I said, pin their way to the finals and uh, uh, 
went one two um that weight. Uh they're joined in the finals by their teammate uh Nathan Bites. He placed third at uh 1A, uh the 1A state tournament last year, and he got second behind McCade Bloker of uh North Butler Clarksville. Um Anamosa had a, a really good tournament. They got a title out of Austin Scranton at 175. Um, he's 6-0 now. He beat Brett Yakovic 11-3 um, in the championship there at 175. So a big win for for Scranton. And, and overall, a really good, really good showing from Anamosa. Um, you know, they had uh, – uh, a place winner at 106 in Campion, who got fourth uh, at 113. Uh, Wetland was third. A uh, couple more that uh, they got sixth. Uh, Easton Wheeler at 144 uh, finished third. Um, his only loss was to uh, a wrestler from uh, Iowa Grant Highland. So we mentioned they're from Wisconsin, I believe, but uh, Wheeler finished things off with uh, a big pin over Indian Olafo. Um, and then Hudson Scranton, uh, also third at 150. Um, he beat uh, uh, Weber of West Delaware in the placing match. And Mike and Wheeler uh, reached the finals, finishing second, falling to uh, uh, an Iowa Grant Highland wrestler. Um, in the championship bout. So uh, a heck of a showing there um, from the Blue Raiders, who I believe uh, they might have, uh, they might have a sharing agreement with Central City. Um, I think Central City uh, uh, has a wrestler or a wrestler that was formerly at Central City um, wrestling with uh, um, Animosa now that's made a, a big contribution. So good showing there. Um, from them, we mentioned Benton Community rounded out the top five. Um, they had a champ in Brendan Hain, um, at 165. Uh, Blake Hain was third at 157 as well. Um, so, uh, those were the top finishers for, uh, the Bobcats. Uh, just one comment: the heavyweight situation with with uh, cutting down the you know, the descent plan, not allowing them to to make uh, weight uh, two fifteen. That wouldn't have been an issue last year. Remember, it was two twenty was the weight. Oh, that's, that's right. So, that's right because of the new weight classes. Yeah, so he had he has to cut five more pounds this year. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and I have a little something on on that at the Gazette.com to kind of going over the situation with the new weight classes. Uh, this was the first year the National Federation of High Schools, um, their state high school associations, uh, gave states the, the choice. They were given a choice of 12 weight classes, 13 weight classes, or 14 weight classes. And each state could choose how, how many weights they wanted uh, uh, to field this year. Iowa stayed with 14, so that altered some things, especially in the middle, middle to the upper weights. So the first six weight classes are the same from a year ago. 
uh, where you start getting uh, uh, kind of the adjustment in weight classes is before where it was 145 to 195. It starts at 144 and goes to 190. As you mentioned, you know, 220 drops back down to 215. It was at 215 um, for quite a while uh, before it moved up to 220. But And heavyweight's the same. But now you've got 144 instead of 145. Uh, you're at 150 instead of 152. 157 instead of 160. 165 instead of 170. Um, and then you go, it goes from 175 to 190. Um, so you kind of take out that 182 and, and 195 uh, weight class. Um, you know, uh, talking to some, uh, to some coaches, you know, it really, uh, hasn't affected them too much. Um, you know, uh, uh, I think, uh, uh Clayton Rush and Albertette said he, you know, he, he kind of likes it. Basically, um, one of the positives is he, and of course, remember he's a lightweight, they didn't. They didn't mess with that lowest weight class, and he thinks that was good because, really, uh, when you're at that stature, that's one of the only sports where you really have a legit chance of competing at the varsity level in high school just because you're not going to have a 106-pound uh, football player, basketball player, really um, being able to contribute, and, and he's glad they kept that lower weight. But – um, you know, it just seems to maybe fit the mass of participation a little bit better in those middleweights as well. I never got too uh, concerned about it when they did weight changes because it kind of, you know, in in some cases you might have a team that now this new shift fits pretty well with your team. I would think Albert would be fit in that category, but that's always yep. relevant. You know, three years from now, maybe you now you're you've got a bunch of heavier guys, and now you don't have <laughs> weights. You know, so it, you know you just. It is what it is, and your your team and your kids adjust to that. They you know they see what weights they need to get to, and that sort of thing. And there's there's a lot less weight cutting this year, so that's that's a or not this year, but the last few years, and that's a good thing. So, and, and that uh, and the girls uh, have separate weight classes as well. They were given the same uh, options, uh, different weight classes, but still that's 12, 13, 14. Uh, weight class option as well. Uh, one of the other rule changes that I kind of mentioned in that too was uh, uh, now they've changed the limit on matches to six matches per day before it was five. Um, so now sometimes you would get to a point where somebody might wrestle so many consolations that they'd have to forfeit that last match uh, because they've already hit their limit of five matches um, going forward. Now it's uh, to six, except uh, in the situation, if it ever comes up for state qualifying competition or state competition uh, there, that, that'll be changed. Um, you can wrestle. So like these two-day tournaments that we just had, like with uh, Independence and um, the Donnybrook, you can wrestle ten, up to 10 matches in two days. Um, 
and that, that's been uh, altered a little bit. Um, and the other thing too is, uh, I think it takes effect uh, this season. Instead of the forty-five minute rest period, uh, they deem that thirty minutes was uh, substantial enough and good enough. So now that wait time um, for a wrestler to to compete in matches uh, is thirty minutes instead of forty-five. Does that sound right to you? Yeah, that's correct, and uh, that. I don't have any problem at all with that. That's a, that's a, most of the time it's not an issue. Even at 45, it really wasn't much of an issue, but it can be. So, uh, you know, it's good that it's at 30. Most of these kids have wrestled, you know, youth tournaments and so, and so forth where their turnaround can be, you know, can be very quick towards the end of the tournament. So, uh, you know, like five or 10 minutes quick. And so, um, uh, you know, you might wait, early early in the day you might wait an hour or two before between matches and then you know at the end when it's you know a gym's being broke down and there's two rounds left in one weight class you know you're throwing them in there so i don't have a problem with 30 30 minute i always when i always when i think of that i look back at the university of nebraska uh omaha open the the brand kaufman open uh when i was at Buena vista we wrestled there to to kind of open the season and you know there were five hundred some, some guys, um, wrestling in that event from you know, uh, D one guys that were going over unattached to a lot of D two and, and D three competition. Uh, some JUCO uh, teams uh, were there, um, and I can remember sitting around. It seemed like two or three hours before I stepped on the mat once. You know, for the first time, I had to wait till uh, almost noon. I I think before uh, before stepping on the mat, and then towards the end, <laughs> always joked. Uh, we had uh, a seventy seven pounder named Clint Dunlop, who I was really good friends with, and usually right on Matt's side while he was wrestling. And when he was finishing up, um, he it was like he got off the mat. And then it was on deck on mat two. And it was like you waited around for hours for your first match. And now you're almost going, you can't even catch your breath before you're being called again. Um, then. So it's funny how that kind of goes. And yeah, the 30 minutes thing, I, I think is fine. And sometimes you probably have unnecessary, uh, delays waiting for that 45 minute rest period to eclipse before starting a mat or a match. And uh, that just elongates a really long day anyway. Right. So I think this will help overall and would be good for the wrestlers and coaches, workers, fans that uh, sit through those long tournaments. Right. Yep. Uh, I imagine we're getting to the end of this, but I wanted to mention uh, this weekend, uh, uh, Mount Vernon, Mount Vernon quickly has a 16 team tournament. It's a really great collection of Eastern Iowa, Northeast Iowa, Southeast Iowa, kind of, uh, you know, all the way from East Buchanan, Burlington, Sigourney, West Marshall, and then everything in between there, it seemed like, uh, including uh, number one ranked in someone in one poll that I saw, uh, Mount Vernon. Uh, they'll also have Davenport Assumption, number eight rank, number 10 rank, West Delaware, and these rankings could have moved. Also, Lisbon, Linmar, and Xavier from the local area. And then this tournament out uh, in Des Moines area, KJ, the Johnson Invitational, I took my team out to that quite a few times. Anyway, 
number one ranked. This is the high school dual rankings. So number one ranked Southeast Polk's there. Number two, Bettendorf. Number four, Waverly Shellrock. Number five, Johnson. Number six, Indianola. And then throw in local flavor, Cedar Falls, Washington, and Prairie in there. So that's a that's a doozy of a team uh, a tournament as well. So, um, and obviously earlier you mentioned the uh, Council Bluffs Classic. Uh, Iowa City West heads over uh, there for that tournament. And, uh, I believe that's really the only local uh, uh, participation that uh, we have over there. Um, the Bobcat Duels, uh, Western Dubuque's uh, dual tournament um, is this weekend as well. Uh, that's always uh, a, a fun one. Um, you got Albernet, who we mentioned uh Won the uh, Indy Invitational and uh, went one and one with uh, Clear Creek and um, Sea Rapids Prairie. Sea Rapids Kennedy is also up there. Um, obviously, you've got the Western Dubuque, Pleasant Valley, uh, Williamsburg. Um, a little bit of a depleted lineup for the Raiders uh, uh, this season, but uh, you know they'll go up there and, and compete hard. You also have some. Teams from out of state with Caledonia, uh, Houston from Minnesota, and then Dakota, uh, Illinois being in the mix as well. Um, so that's always a, a fun one. Nashville Plainfield has its tournament, uh, as well as North Cedar, uh, a small school tournament um, there in Clarence. So, um, yeah, some, some more big uh, – uh, tournaments and then of course next weekend we'll get the the battle of waterloo um at young arena but another fun fun weekend and then next thing you know uh you know we'll be edging towards uh edging towards the the break oh and, and south team also has their dual tournament uh this weekend um as well, Independence will be there, um, kind of headlining that uh, that tournament. Kind of dual tournament weekend, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, very much so. Any parting uh, words or anything we didn't touch on? Uh, really quick. I'm good. All right. Well, thanks again for uh, uh, tuning in with uh, our wrestling talk for this week. Uh, Check us out again next week as we go over uh, what happens this coming weekend and look ahead to that final weekend before the break. Uh, for Dick Briggs, for Nathan Ford, I'm KJ Pilcher. Uh, thanks for watching. Coach Briggs, why don't you take us out? Let's keep wrestling on the move. Get a daily update from the Gazette with our daily news podcast. Add it to your podcast player or your Alexa-friendly device to get a bite-sized local news update each day. Check it out at thegazette.com slash podcasts.